0: If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
2: Hello and welcome to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Bradley James. I will shortly be joined by Marcus Ellard. This week we have a double episode. It's in two parts. You are listening to part one. Congratulations. If this is the first one you're listening to, you got it in the right order. If this is the second one you're listening to you're a rogue. You'll notice pretty early on that there was a slight issue with recording in that the show seems to start 20 seconds into the beginning of it. We're not naming any names as to who's responsible for that. Let's just call the person Tarkus Bellard. Anyway, that is enough from me. Over to me and Tarkus. Uh, I mean Marcus.
0: It's Bradley James!
3: How is it going in sunny California, Bradley? Sunny, it's lovely, it's nice.
2: But what's made it nicer is that I can now see your face on
3: FaceTime. Hi, mate. (laughs) For the audience, Marcus has had a haircut. It's looking sharp. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I've been threatening it for a while to get to go short, short, and I've done it. And I'm really happy with it. I feel man? You look like, a, you look like a new man. I feel like a new man. I'm really pleased with it, actually. Really pleased it, and I, I had a good sort of one to one with the barber about it, and yeah. I talked to him about my my ideas and my my insecurities about it. And he was like, <laughs> "You got to do it," and he was good. He started it like he, he did it all with the clippers, but he started it quite long, and then we talked about it. And so not just a barber, but a therapist as well. Yeah, we had a good old chat. Jeff and the boys was on in the barbers as well, so I could keep I could keep up to date with the uh, with the scores lads 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 lads, um, lads. If, you, if you want to know which barbers to go to you can get a heck of a of go to the lads
1: barbers
3: I've just realised at the time of recording we are a day or two in advance of arguably the biggest event in American sporting calendar the Super Bowl yeah it's tomorrow mate what have you got any plans what are they talk to me make me jealous
2: I sort of wish that this happened in kind of like an FA Cup final sense, that uh, everyone went round to someone's house. I feel like they may have used to do this in like days gone by, but here, Super Bowl, everyone has a house party, everyone's got somewhere to go, somewhere to be. Is is it like
3: um, Sporting Christmas?
0: Yes, Marcus. Very good. I think what it is, is it's a very concentrated dose of NFL because most people
2: don't tend to watch a great deal of it throughout the course of the season. They'll watch one game a year and that just happens to be the Super Bowl and a lot of people are watching it to see who's singing and dancing at halftime
3: as well. Who is singing and dancing? Do we know? Was it a surprise? Great question. I have heard the name Shakira, and I think Jennifer Lopez is joining me. Here's a question for you. Even though it's outside of the realms of the draft, because we're going to talk about yeah. a cup competition, if you could, in the FA Cup final this year, 2020, which seems like a good year, who, if you could have anyone to be the half-time entertainment at the FA Cup final, who would it be? Do you, reckon you could get Eiffel
1: 65 Yo listen!
3: So <laughs> random. Yeah, book them and they'll come. Does it say is will book the bands and they will come? I was gonna say someone like Elton John. <laughs> I was gonna go <laughs> I was gonna go big time. Like Yeah you know Got like there's a football theme. He's a he's a, he's a he's a British like icon that's still alive. Because you would have Bo, You would have Bowie if you could. Let's face it. That's true. Yeah. That's it's
2: very true. Okay. Well, let, let's let's see what we can get. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's going to be somewhere between Eiffel 65 and Elton John. Okay. I mean, Elton
2: John didn't even go to his own team's FA Cup final last season. He didn't miss anything. They got beat six 0 but still.
3: I think that's going to happen to Villa in the League Cup final. It <laughs> will Absolutely smashed, mate. They got, yeah, smashed. You're not just sort of talking like a bitter Leicester fan who just got beat by Villa? Nope, not at all. <laughs> nope, nope. No, no, no. That's definitely nothing. Um, well, whilst we've got Marcus in the mood. <laughs> yeah. What is on the show today, Bradley? We felt like it was time, Marcus... To give a voice to those
2: not often heard on the podcast. Some, it's been their own decision. Johnny Wolf is making plans. Every Deliberately time absent. These sort of like inverted comments. Dates that he goes on, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever,
3: whatever else he's doing, who knows. However, he, along with all the other drafters we have on the show, amazing. And we've asked a series of questions. We'll hear the answers to every single question from every single drafter, including ourselves.
1: Yeah, it's like we've asked everyone to do a self-assessment,
3: <laughs> and we're. Like and we're what's that thing called Ofsted. <laughs> Ofsted. We're Ofsted. We're the draft Ofsted. We're draft. We're draftsted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Draftstead episode. We've got some emails, if I'm not mistaken, coming up on the show as well. We have some of those bad boys. And a, a very exciting update from the snod rice bet, which is well, I don't want to preempt it, but it's, it's getting tasty in more ways. <laughs> so, without further ado, are you having a draft? Yeah. It's time for emails. Bradley, what have our listeners been sending across in the last couple of weeks?
2: Email to cover is from Katie Weitzman Katie has seen Phil in Serrano de Bergerac at the which theatre playhouse
3: theatre nearest station embankment
2: she's seen Phil she liked what she saw
3: you know what Phil's been having some having some love on social media actually about this and I'm really really glad people are seeing it when he played Cyrano he was excellent. He was so rapid with it as well. It was, it was a real celebration. I'm glad that people are seeing it, uh, getting to see our mate Phil tread the boards in the West End, as well as hear how terribly his draft team's doing.
2: <laughs> he can be forgiven for being distracted, I suppose.
3: Oh, yeah, there is that as well. He's also had his head shaved. Yeah. He looks excellent. He
2: did have a pretty sharp haircut last time I saw
3: him. And is that all from... Katie. Al- oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought she, that was she it. shouldn't thought- <laughs> just
2: write and say she's seen Phil, mate.
3: Sorry, Katie. So,
2: so Katie is asking, is asking if we play football. Which of the drafters play football? And if we were to form a team out of the drafters, what positions would we play?
3: Andy O'Neill in goal.
2: Yeah, I've got the spine of the team kind of writes itself.
3: Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that?
2: Well, I've got written down, what I thought the squad would look like. And Go on. I'll bring over to you to.
3: Go on, tell us who it is.
2: <laughs> well. Straight off the back, you've got an Andy Safehands O'Neill in goal. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Pete was a pretty decent defender in his day, so I've got him at the back. Johnny Wolf is one of the most intelligent footballers I've ever played alongside. Cracking midfielder. Brilliant. So I've got him in the middle of the park, and then I've got myself up front. We're getting goals, Marcus.
3: Of course you have. <laughs> With that captain's armband on, Are you not fancy okay. yourself as a bit of a Rooney these days? To play yourself back a bit.
2: Well, I'm thinking more of us in our in our heyday, to be
3: honest with you. Okay, mate,
2: okay. Chike, I've put Chike alongside Pete at the back.
3: Ooh, solid.
2: Now, I wouldn't have put Chike at the back back in the day, but I'm doing it now because of the way the game has evolved and you need that slightly more cultured centre-back. And Chike is just that. You could play him in midfield, but I'm going to put him at the back.
3: Very good, this is exciting. Um,
2: A a centre-back partnership of Pete and Chike.
3: Two intelligent lads there at the back.
2: We've got Jammer at right back. Ah I play with Jammer on a Friday and he usually puts himself at right back. Then we've got I put Phil up front alongside myself.
3: Solid. One of them big forwards getting the headers in.
2: Exactly. That's the way we used to work at the drama centre. Yeah. He was the uh Chris Sutton to my Alan Shearer.
3: Very good analogy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I put Dan Sharman in the middle of the park with Wolf.
3: Yeah, I can see that being a, nip, a two little nippy centre midfielders.
2: Yeah, well Sharman quite forward also good on the ball and Wolf, as I say very intelligent player so the combination of those two in the middle of the park will be quite good you might need a bit of muscle in there at some point if you want to shore up the midfield a little bit but yeah two good players then Marcus where would you put yourself?
3: <laughs> I think oh where are you going to stick are we playing three in- where, th- where are you going to put me from where that is? Am well
2: I- I've got three positions left over is going to have to take one of them yeah and I, because Yare is a very solid player, as you can imagine, sort of quite powerful.
3: So are we playing a four-four-two here.
2: I'm not stuck to it. You could almost play a three up top and shove Yare up there.
3: Oh, that's solid. That's terrifying up front.
2: Or, having just said what I've just said, put Yare in midfield as a bit of the muscle to go alongside Wolf and Sharman. Yeah. So we've got a left back, and if we're playing three up front, we need a sort of like wingerish type player. We need a forward player, and we need a left back, and that is out of you, Brummit. Dutts, Mantle, Nick, I think Melaloo would count himself out, and Meds.
3: Okay, where am I?
2: Uh, you haven't been assigned a position just yet.
3: Oh, okay. I feel like I've not seen many of the lads play, but I'm going to have to go on kind of instinct here. Yeah. Is there any lefties? Have we got any lefties? Because we need a left back.
2: See, I want to. Lefties is a toughie. I want to believe that Nick has got a bit of trickery given the Merson connection.
3: Yeah, the Merson connection. Okay, yeah. yeah. Stick me at left back.
2: Marcus fa- psycho LR. I
3: fancy a bit of that.
2: He's taking a Stuart Pearce position of left back.
3: Yeah, I fancy a bit of that.
2: And going unchecked, I'm going to put Nick up to the top and he's got 20 minutes to show us what he can do. And then if not, I'm hauling him off and looking at Mantle, Dutt,s and Brummett.
3: Very good. Well, I look forward so to yeah, our first our match. Brilliant.
2: Johnny Wolf very solid player. Daniel Sharman, skillful, pace, attack minded. Yara, power, bulldozer. You're not going get, to be getting the ball off Yara. Phil, the battering ram up front, no-nonsense striker, very generous with his body and what, <laughs> and <laughs> what he does with the ball. Nick, unproven, you signing, but comes off the back of a, of a good name. Me up front, and then the back, as I say, P we tackle like a like a crocodile. <laughs> Him and Jammer on one side, Chike and you on the other side. Andy and Gold. What a lineup that's turned out to be.
3: Let's get it, let's get it on. Let's get this match sorted. If, yeah. there's, any, if there's any eleven of sides out there that want to challenge us, take us on.
2: Preferably like a team of like accountants or something. Like oh, in your at least in your like thirties.
3: Oh uh, yeah, we're not talk-
2: out, of, out of shape. Yeah.
3: Don't be like a good team. <laughs> good good. Thanks there for all your brilliant yeah. emails. Keep them coming. Again, just a reminder: it is are you having a draft at gmail.com. The bet. Ricegrass. Ricegrass.
0: Ricegrass.
3: Rice-grass. So, because I've not been keeping fully across it, dare I ask what the update on the Snod Rice bet is?
2: Well, Marcus, you'll be pleased to know it's good news for you.
3: I had a feeling it would be.
2: Robert Grass is currently on 60 points. Declan Rice is on 54 points, a total of 114. If they were to continue on that scoring path, they will end the season on 180 points, 30 points above the target. It's got to that stage where myself and Pete are hoping for a Snodgrass injury. But not robot too- to... Celebrate but- there from, uh, from Mark.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was having a dance. I knew it. I knew they'd come through. Moyes has obviously started... He started playing them, hasn't he? I've got a couple of West Ham mates, and they are very pleased. I went to a game, actually, Leicester versus West Ham, and my mate who I went with, who's a West Ham fan, was like, I don't understand why Snodgrass isn't playing. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. And then... he <sighs> He comes, and I was like, yeah, yeah, me too. I definitely want Snodgrass to play. Huh. And now he's playing. You're getting them points. You've
2: got, what are we, we're game week 24, so 14 game weeks to go, and they've got to get 36 points. Which, Ooh. when you get two points for an appearance... It's
3: looking good. It's looking very good. Mm, mm, I, I can, think, I, can uh, mm, 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 I can taste my dinner already. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: The worrying thing was Declan Rice ran through on goal against Liverpool, the game that Dutts was at this week, and had a rasping shot that Allison had to pull. A pretty decent save for. I'm just worried that Declan Rice has got the bug for it now. He's got the taste for it. Yeah, uh, make this a. We're not going to even get to game week thirty before they reach the hundred and fifty mark. The the other element to this bet is that Matthew Brummett said that Declan Rice would get over a hundred points. Declan Rice currently on fifty four. <sighs> At this rate, he would hit around about the 85 mark and okay. be 15 short. Okay. So the bet, it seems like it's going to be you and Nick dressed in normal clothes, eating your food. <laughs> it seems like me and Pete will be dressed in our kits and paying for that food. And as it stands alongside us in his kit, it looks like it might also be Matthew Brummett also chipping in. So it's good news for you, Marcus, either way.
3: See? I bloody love the draft. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: hurtling towards a catering zone, but at least you'll get a free meal out of it before you have to put the
0: pudding on.
1: Yeah.
2: Congratulations, mate. You're doing very well with it, so Hey, Robert Snodgrass, his injury record has been sublime. Let's hope nobody jinxes it by talking about it in such a fashion.
3: Um, <laughs> I knew uh, you doing that.
2: Let's hope that his hamstrings, his quads, everything doesn't overexert himself. All right, mate. Right, yeah, good. I think
3: he's, he's done it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, go on, uh-huh. go on, Snodders. P.S.
2: Marcus is going to love this postscript that we're adding in. After the fact, because it is currently Saturday, the first of February. West Ham have played Brighton, and Robert Snodgrass
1: has scored two goals. I think he might have even got an assist. Snodders, uh, ridiculous. ridiculous,
3: absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I'm getting hungry already. Just planning out my meal at the minute. Just wondering what I'm going to have. I think it's a Moyes thing. We touched on it when we've recorded, um, we recorded. This was obviously recorded in two halves. So last night we talked on, about it. Moyes has done something that has inspired Snodgrass, and he is now cleaning up. None of us could have foreseen that, but it's very exciting. And I just, it's a shame West Ham didn't get the win, because that would have topped it off for them. It's speaking in a Scottish accent, that Snodgrass understands. Ah. That was maybe the difference.
2: Chilean wasn't quite his vibe. He didn't quite get whereas, it. Yeah, whereas Scottish, he's invokes the spirit of Braveheart, whichever stereotype you want to pull out of the bag. Now we're sort of left with hoping that Matt Brummett goes down with us and that Declan Rice doesn't suddenly put his shooting boots on. Declan, you've got too much work to do at the back there, mate. Hang back, keep that. Defensive line solid, just you know, <laughs> then lay the ball off as soon as possible. Don't go running off up the field,
3: you get done on the counter. You know what, Declan, I think you're doing a, a sterling job of those uh, mazy runs you've been making recently. It's only a matter of time before you bang <laughs> one in. Keep up, Sunshine. Keep it up. Good lad. <sighs> oh dear.
2: Matt Bromit, hangs in the balance. He can go
3: either side of that fence. And I hope that he comes over to our side. Do you? Yeah. Okay, I don't. Because between
2: Pete's fluorescent yellow and Brummett's fluorescent pink kits, I should be the least noticeable. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about the kit. No, I'm changing my mind. I hope that Rice stays. In. <laughs> I, I hope that Rice stays because his kit—the pink and blue and white—is excellent.
2: Yeah. Do you think you and Nick will just wear your kits out you know, for a laugh anyway, out of solidarity to, to us and to the
3: draft and the spirit of fun? No, no, <laughs> no way, no way. I mean, I love my I love my kit, but it goes against the bet. Maybe what we could do is we could, like, go for a post-match we'll drink in it or something. We'll have to come up with some
2: sort of bet where we all... You
3: look like a stag dude, to be honest. Christmas, I mean, Christmas, we were all in our kits with Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, that was only last month. Yeah,
2: but it just looked like we were wearing A level art students' t shirts while still in our jeans and trainers and whatnot. No. Apart from Melanie, he looked
3: like he I love the fact silent. that you've given yourself so much credit to be an A level art student, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I actually think I
1: was downplaying it. To go, I think so. <laughs>
2: feel we should touch on just lightly. We don't usually delve into more serious matters, but I think this one warrants our voicing of the subject. The Premier League very recently have made a statement with regards to the FA's proposal to increase the number of homegrown players in Premier League squads. The idea being that at the moment you can have of 25 players in your squad, 17 of those can be non-home grown. The suggestion from the FA is that that number decreases to 13 of 25. The Premier League have come out and used the word radical quite specifically. They have said that it will harm the economic value of the product and that clubs will struggle to be competitive in Europe. This for me highlights quite boldly how out of touch Premier League executives are. They are more worried about increasing the size of their house and getting a faster car than they are the youth and talent of this country. What is being asked is in no way radical, but they've used that word to attach themselves to a political wording that is in the air at the moment. Let's not go into that. That is for everyone to talk about away from fantasy football but when it comes to football I am thoroughly ashamed of the Premier League and the way they deal in such matters. I'm borderline, I'm, I'm disgusted basically. Mate,
3: you look genuinely, because, he looks livid as well by the way, folks.
2: Yeah it's very clear that the Premier League has no care for anything other than their bank balance. Now, what is being asked is that Premier League teams can still bring in foreign talent into over half of their squad. But what it is suggesting is that teams suddenly have the opportunity to build their club around the resources that are local to them they can build a core an identity of their team from young talented players from the area for which their team represents and that club can find itself a local identity. Now, whether those players stay or move later on in their careers is a different story, but the nucleus of a side can be built around giving the opportunity to young people in, say, Manchester, London, Coventry, Birmingham, wherever, name a spot, and teams will have to focus on bringing through young players into their teams, and they'll have to focus on doing it more. It will be discouraged to bring in mediocre talent to fill up spots in teams. Teams which block the opportunity for these young players to play in the Premier League. And it also gives fans an opportunity to support players who have come through the same environment as they have. The buzz that teams get when they are supporting, in quotes, one of their own far exceeds any foreign imports, either it be even from within British shores. If it's somebody who's grown up in your town, and he's playing for your team, the feeling you get from that player succeeding it far outweighs any success you get from in that success
3: like Trent Harry Kane Um, Tammy
2: exactly there's also the comment on European competition I have to be honest with you what does it actually mean every Champions League it's this team with a lot of money managed to beat all these other teams with a lot of money and oh guess what they're all in the same competition again next year because they've all got a lot of money and they were able to buy their way up to their respective leagues The Premier League is out of touch. There's a load of old white men in suits who are making a lot of money off the Premier League. They do not care about the kids on the street playing football who have the opportunity to make a career from football. It doesn't benefit them in any way. It certainly doesn't benefit their bank accounts.
3: Very good, Bradley.
2: You got anything to say on that, Marcus? you have Uh, any feelings? I
3: I think the choice of the word radical is what's really upset me, but... I don't think there's any harm in it I think it's exciting and like we can still bring in exciting players from Europe and from South America and from Africa so it doesn't stop it it's not like they're saying none it's basically four less also it's a good thing for our national side
2: very much so very much so I think the, why, the reason why the word radical has touched a nerve is because there are things in this world which can be described as radical <laughs>
3: yeah, and should yeah.
2: be described as radical yeah. and can be very dangerous because of it. This is obscene that they see it as that way, but they've used it very specifically, that wording, because of the current climate. And I'm very angry about it because it's it's a massive letdown from the Premier League. The other thing to consider is, at the moment, there is a huge disparity between the clubs at the top and the clubs at the bottom. You could argue that having to have reliance on local resources might actually bring more of a level playing field clubs because you're not as able just to buy your success we all know Manchester United have a lot of money we all know you know your Chelsea's your Manchester United your Liverpool's are funding a lot of success you can throw Arsenal in there as well and there are teams who just simply do not have that capability and so you're saying to people who support those clubs you will never have success unless you have a freak of a season like Leicester did which again also came with a little bit of investment not the Liverpool Man City degrees of investment but still had to come from a place of investment It is a one-off quite frankly it won't be happening once every decade what this gives teams the opportunity to do is create more of a level playing field and it offers teams, supporters of teams who would not necessarily see as much success it stops there being this kind of glass ceiling this brick wall in front of them saying this is as far as you go until some rich owner comes in and transforms your fortunes, literally. But that doesn't benefit the Premier League yeah. because they need marketable clubs that they can go into and, and just build on the legend of these these specific title characters that they have. And thus, they are going to perpetuate, as much as they can, the system that breeds the most amount of money for them. It is showing itself to be a very selfish organisation.
3: Bradley's final thoughts.
2: There we go. Worth it- a comment, I think, Marcus. Not that my words
4: will travel that far, but I feel very much worth a comment.
0: Now, as you'll be aware, Marcus
2: and audience, we don't always get the chance to hear from all of the drafters. So, this week, we decided to bring them all in on the show. (laughs) How have we done that, Marcus? Through technology. Here we are. So, is we wanted to get into the minds of the drafters and find out how they felt, their seasons were going, what their hopes and dreams and aspirations were. I'd say we crack on. The first question we asked everybody... Was if they thought the season was going as expected?
3: I've got to say I only know a handful because I don't know the, the, yeah. guy, the guys that you messaged. I don't. I haven't heard of, and the ones that I've messaged, you haven't heard yet either.
2: I'm very, very excited to get that first-time reaction.
3: What is the first question, Bradley James?
2: The first question we asked the Marcus is. Season panning out how they expected once they drafted their teams. How did they see the year going for them? I think we start off with a pair of safe hands.
3: Oh, and that is very good. I see
1: what you've done there.
2: <laughs> that is with Mr. Andrew O'Neill.
1: No, the draft's not really going as expected this season. I think that's probably because the Premier League's not going as expected this season. The quality in the Premier League this season has been awful, and you can't rely on any anyone really. There's one team that are probably consistent and can't bear to utter their name, but everybody else is a bit of a joke up and down and that is having a direct impact on the draft. It means that you don't really have confidence of who to keep, who to lose, who to bring in. Very hard to forecast who's going to have any sort of run of form. I think the implication of that has been that the league, our draft league is pretty tight. Um, there isn't a runaway leader. Teams are moving up and down the league quite a lot. And I think that's quite unusual.
3: So Andy O'Neill basically blaming Liverpool.
2: I always feel like starting off with Andy. There, you haven't really got anything to compare it to at the moment, but I think he's displaying why we want to get him on the show more. Yeah, he gives these measured, honest responses. He's thought them through, and he actually sounds like a pundit quite a lot of the
3: time. I remember. I think I remember saying that when we had the interviews at the beginning of the season. I, th- I think I feel like I, I feel like we talked about him being a pundit. Get him on BT Sport. <laughs> Andy
2: is someone we should encourage to get on the show if we want to sound more professional hear, hear. I don't um, think anyone accuses us of sounding too professional
3: do we think that our resident football pundit has a point about the league the, it's like when Leicester won the league I go on about it it's like when Leicester won the league everyone's like oh they only won the league because it was a shit season it's like no we still won the league but it, has he got a point? Is, it, is it, Or is it exciting? I think it's exciting that we don't know what's going to happen.
2: I think he has a point from... If you look at each team, did anybody expect Liverpool to have as commanding a lead as they have? I don't think so. I mean, when we, all asked the question, we were asked the question at the start of the season, I said Man City. A lot of people said Man City yeah. were going to be the team. And Man City have not put up a defence of their title at all comparatively to this absolute machine... Which is Liverpool, which, if they continue going along the same lines that they're doing, they will be undoubtedly the best Premier League team has ever been, possibly the best top flight team has yeah. ever been.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50%
2: off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Let's spin the wheel. (laughs) Spinning the wheel now. And you say say, stop.
0: Stop! The magical
3: wheel of drafters. It lands on. Johnny Wolf. From the
2: sublime to the ridiculous.
3: Uh, Let's hear what Johnny has to say in this very detailed message. (laughs)
1: Hi there. Um, No, the draft is not going as I expected this season.
4: I mean,
3: I've got to say as well, I messaged him at 10.01 in the morning and that came through at 7.37 at night. He had all day... He had all day... And he read it straight away, he, like he he read it. He read it seven minutes later. He had it all day to prepare
1: this. Hi there. <laughs> no the draft is not going as I expected this season.
3: Good. Well, thanks Johnny. Not much to talk about there. You're right, it's not going very well for you. So Oh,
2: in-depth analysis there from Jonathan Wolfe. I love the idea of him just being sat there all day being, oh, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Wolf, thank you mate I think the audience really feel bad They're, they're hankering for some more Johnny wolf they, they don't know what they've been missing out on Until now, you know, he's not been coming on the show And fans are like With gold like that
3: <laughs> So, should we go for another one of mine?
2: Yeah Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like we've had like one of yours so,
3: far. No. so we've got Mr Meds for a death.
1: The draft this season Is going
5: much better than
1: I was expecting, but obviously, as everybody's aware, I have very low standards on the um, on, uh, way I'll be each season. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah, I got really excited at the start, and now I'm kind of slipping and struggling slightly. So, if I'd like to get back up to fifth, but mid-table's is alright.
3: I think that's where we're at with Meds on that one.
2: Does he go on to say some profanities? Is that what? Let's... It sounded like you stopped it early.
3: Yeah, because Meds has answered all three questions in one. I love the fact he gave us a little bit of Welsh at the beginning as well.
2: He's done well. He's he's slipping a little bit this last game week because I think Sadio Mane got injured on a double game
3: week on the in like the Ooh, first ten minutes. yeah. And obviously, big part of the season rests
2: on Sadio. But comparatively to how he usually does, Marcus.
3: Very well. It's exciting. It's exciting seeing him climbing up the top end of the table. I'm enjoying okay. it. Long may it can. It'd be great to see him finishing the top three.
2: I don't think that will happen, but uh, <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> oh, I was trying to try <laughs> to
3: end on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: let's let's at least end on a realistic Marcus. yeah <laughs> uh.
3: okay so let's do you want to spin your week?
2: it'd be great to see him finish in the top half yeah okay i think we add a little bit of production value to this scenario and i think we go with dutts and the reason will become very clear as to the free production value we got from Duts's message
1: Right, I'm just trying to
4: squeeze these in at half-time at the West Ham-Liverpool grounds. So these are coming live from the London Stadium.
3: Love it already.
4: Our season is not going as expected. Ever since draft night, everything seems to be going tits up and somehow I'm (laughs) clinging on to third position by my skin of my teeth. (laughs) Just like
3: West Ham, basically.
2: I mean, I would love to be clinging on, by the skin of my teeth, to third position. I love the oh, way he... Good point! The, the standards he set for himself.
3: Well, when you win on... Was it his, was it his debut season last season? No, it was, it was his second, wasn't it? It
2: was his third.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: He came in season four, won season
3: six. Even though the, even though it's midweek and Dutch is a working man and he's got a young family, I still feel like he may have gone for a couple of pints before the match. Which is... <laughs> which is... <laughs> Which is adding something to it, or maybe that's just the West Ham at half-time thing. I don't know, but like it sounds, it, I like the I like the energy of that
2: production value, mate. For free, well, free on our part. Dutch has had to pay the cost of the, <laughs> not only cost of the ticket, but also having to go and watch West Ham for every weekend. Of, I think it's uh, a season ticket life. as
3: well, isn't it? Yeah, it's so a that... happy price to pay. <laughs> so we had we, we had Andy Wolf, Meds, Duts. Someone else who's having a good
5: season.
2: Matthew Mellu. Let's go for some straight shooting with Matthew Mellaloo. Uh, the
5: draft is going more. Like I expected it at the moment, um, as Nick is pulling away and I'm having a few more off weeks, although second is still unfamiliar ground for me, I certainly didn't expect to have the start to the season that I had this year, um, which was um, surprising, but also a a welcome surprise. I feel like I've I've earned it, um, even if it is a bit of luck.
2: Uh, the caveats to each yin to the, every yang. I've earned it, but it's luck.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I... That, uh, cause yeah. we. Cause we for, different
2: how I expected, uh, apart from uh, how I expected. For the,
3: <laughs> for, for the listener... Bradley and I are on, we're on FaceTime at the minute, so we can see each other. And both of us were just looking at each other, banging the eye, trying to work out what the best. but I think you, you actually nailed it. It's like, it's it's a game, it's one of those game two-half type quotes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, we genuinely would
2: think
3: we would have won if the Nana goalkeeper leaves. hadn't had saved it. <laughs> game of two-half. Yeah, he's having a great season. Again,
5: love it. He's, he's
2: having a great season. He's bamboozled himself. <laughs> because yeah. he doesn't know he's never been in this position before, he doesn't know what the chat is when you're when you're in this position. What has come about with Melou is he used to very quickly rest on a victim defeatist mentality. He was very just like woe is me a lot of the time. And he's steering away from that now. You can hear it in his responses. He naturally goes to that place, but also he, he wants to tear himself away and be like, yeah, I'm in this. I'm I'm in this fight this season. You can feel that tug of war. And yeah. You can hear it. Cause the words that are coming out of his mouth are a tug of war between him <laughs> wanting to believe that he can actually do something this year to this kind of grounding sense of, no, come back here now, don't yeah. get... Be too big for your boots. That internal struggle. We might find ourselves getting a more bullish Melaloo when it comes to his confidence, with his drafting style. Who knows what Melalou will emerge from this chrysalis.
3: We might have that Mourinho running down the touchline moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Melaloo running around the
3: garden. (laughs) Um,
2: We're up to the line!
3: So, (laughs) from one end of the table... To the other, let's have a listen. To buckle up, make yourself a cup of tea. It's it's right. Eh?
5: Yo 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 yo! This is the resident assassin, <laughs> and I'm here to sort of give you an update on my progression thus far this season. Um, no, my season has been absolutely pony. I'm absolutely. I'm I'm pretty angry at myself about the way I've drafted this season. I'm known for going a little bit left field with my picks. I've gone way too left field, I think, this season. And I've, I, I've already sort of, I've meant, I've made both notes, physically and mental notes about the adjustments I need to make for next next season. This is not going to happen again. So yeah, I'm in 13th position at the moment. I'm gonna scrap. I'm gonna scrape, scrape. I'm gonna scratch until the end, um, and I don't give up. But what I've noticed about the is the type of drafter I am, and I think it's sort of this season's been very good for me. I think I, I think the seven have done so far in a sense I figure what sort of drafter I am now. I'm a scrapper and I'm a fighter, and I think being where I am this season, the sort of is, is sort, of, sort of sort of um clarified that for me. Um, so yeah, I'm not happy with my position, but I'm happy with the fight I'm putting up thus far. I haven't got gone dark like some people would in the draft. You know, I'm not here to character assassinate anybody, but um I've sorta of learned that I have a little bit of character in me to sort of figure out a way out of this um current malaise. So yeah, I'm not happy with my performance thus far, but I've made both mental and physical notes about this will not happen again. I can guarantee you that.
2: Johnny Wolf, take note, that is how you answer a question that or at least go past a one word answer
3: I liked his honesty in that actually I think he, sometimes he hides not hides behind at all in any way shape or form but sometimes he gives it the big and. and sometimes you think oh alright mate like just say <laughs> just say it and he just came out and said am I happy with my things so far no I'm not I'm not happy with it I'm very disappointed which is good because he's not said that before has he actually but the next thing I want to mention is I want to know what a physical note is and what a mental note is. What's a physical note? <laughs> like does he mean he's written it down? Is, is
2: the phys- <laughs> a physical note is the physical manifestation of one of his mental notes. <laughs> so he's,
3: locked, he's physically locked himself in a cupboard until uh, until <laughs> August. <laughs>
2: physical note is when he was by a pad and pen when he was having one of his mental notes.
3: <laughs> oh, right, okay.
2: You can always say this about Yare. He lives by the sword.
3: He does! It,
2: that also means he dies by the sword. He does. He mentioned there being left field. When he goes left field and it goes right, it goes very right. Mm. The danger of that is when it does not go right, it goes wrong. <laughs> it does indeed. It? it goes very, very wrong. You just wonder if this season might tame Yare a little bit in future seasons.
3: No, no way. Never. Never in a million Which, years. The,
2: <laughs> you'd hope not but the way he was talking there right. sounded like we were going to be getting a more conservative Yare alright Marcus should we move on to Pete Let's what up. I'll say just before we start is that what becomes glaringly obvious early on is that Pete does not know how to record a voice memo properly
3: on WhatsApp <laughs> oh can't wait
5: one person I thought I'd regret missing out on and uh, I think uh, a few others uh, thought I'd miss, uh, regret missing out on him too was uh, would Okay.
4: (laughs) It just ends. Just ends.
3: Here's here's the first one.
4: Is the draft going as I expected? Yeah, I built an algorithm, so it's going exactly as I expected it. Oh, shut up, Pete. I said pre-season it would be great
1: if Melaloo came out on top for the season, so uh, great to see him in second place and rooting for him for the second half.
2: So he didn't predict that Melaloo would come out on top. He just said it would be great. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And also, how's your season going, Pete? How's his season going?
2: Well, he's had an upturn recently.
3: Within the draft, we had our own little in-league. And that, like, that's been changing a lot this season.
2: It, yeah, it has. And I'm not sure if that is a reflection on how bad the three of us are. <laughs> or... <laughs> it's just got more competitive. But Pete is currently very much atop of that. He's had a resurgence as you and I have both lost our main strikers. Pete has shot up the league. And he's in fifth now, I believe.
3: Bloody Marcus Rashford.
2: We- I was thinking more Aguero, but OK. We might have less trouble getting him to say his name, team and league position properly <laughs> yeah. when he next comes on the podcast.
3: Let's go to our resident mathematician, Matthew Brummett. Let's do it. In my
1: follow year, um, I wasn't expecting a lot from this season, but even with that said have probably done considerably worse than expected even based on currently position not great, but I've got a bad feeling that it's only going to get worse this season.
3: Love the honesty Look, again. You don't want to
2: encourage people to be too defeatist, but in this scenario honesty is probably the
3: best <laughs> policy. <laughs> But I feel like it's it's interesting he mentioned it as his fallow season last season, which I think is a good thing because this is almost like he's getting prepared again to get into it next season. I think that's what he's trying to say, isn't it?
2: Also, I wonder, because he did a little stint in the, not in the catering zone, but did the catering as punishment for missing a season. I wonder if he got used to it. I wonder if he got into the caching zone mentality. Ah, okay. And that's why he finds himself in there at the moment. I wouldn't write him off at this stage, specifically because I'm only one position above him and been keeping a very close eye on his scores because my team is only going south at the moment. I won't be accepting his white flag just yet, but it's not been the season I think people would expect from Matthew Brummett
3: agreed, and he loves it. He loves the draft.
2: Name me a drafter who doesn't love the draft.
3: Can't on a blank.
2: Johnny Wolf sometimes.
3: <laughs> Johnny Wolf. He was going on about our goalkeepers because he he offered me some trade at the back end of last year because obviously he could see that I had two. I've got a two reserve goalkeepers essentially, so it's kind of scuppered. But then he he, get, he even got angry about that last week on the thing. He was like, uh, "Who's Marcus gonna have in goal?" That's my question. I'm like. Bro, answer your own questions. You're below me. Get... <laughs> like... <laughs> <They> don't care. <laughs> <laughs> your mom goes to college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did you get that? The the, the, the toilet store? <laughs>
2: yeah, well. Uh, okay. Who's next? <laughs> will be disappointed that his section got turned into a walk section.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that says a lot about his season, basically.
2: Let's turn to top of the table and let's look at Nicholas Morgan. Now... Before you hear this, I want you to imagine that Nick has been in his kitchen somewhere and he set up like a load of water bottles and hairbrushes that look like microphones and basically done this as a professional press conference.
3: (laughs) 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 I've got it. I'm there. That's brilliant.
4: Roll the clip. Hello, Bradley. Hello, Marcus. This is Nick Morgan, manager of supermarket sweepers. Love it. Currently first position. Right, got some questions to answer. First one, is the draft going as you'd expected this season? Um, no, I was not expecting to be a potential title winner on that first season. Why would I? Um, completely new to the draft, new uh, ways of operating compared to how I normally... Play fancy football, where I could get access to players whenever I want. Um, it's a whole different ball game, and I just thought I'd probably pepper along mid-table at best. I didn't think I'd come bottom. Quite confident in my football knowledge, I'm on the pulse for a lot of things, but I didn't think I'd be up top. And I think a lot of people have said it's beginner's luck. I think there is, of course, a slice of luck with these things as well you know sometimes you get the rub of the green but I want to point out as well that sometimes I've been very unlucky um there's been a few occasions where things haven't got quite on my way so I would say um I would say ultimately I'm, I'm super happy with where I am and um yeah so may it continue love it. I was
3: I was there. I was in the press conference. He even had like manager kind of um phrases like rub of the green and stuff like that. He was really he's flying them in. But it also it reminded me of you know remember the um press conference when Mourinho joined Spurs and it was like he'd had a personality transplant and he was <laughs> He was on full charm offensive. It felt a bit like that as well. I liked it.
2: I like the fact there are moments where he makes it sound as though he's fielding questions from people (laughs) who were off mic. Uh, And he's there talking. He's like, uh, oh, what did I think of this? Oh, well, actually,
3: I think... (laughs) He points to the back of the room. "Uh, uh, Barry. Yes, Barry.
2: (laughs) Yes, Barry. Why am I such a legend? Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) I... Where do I start,
3: Barry? Yeah. Um I think he's kind uh, of I think uh, he's I think he said it very, very well. I think he's he's kind of ticked all the boxes. He's mentioned the fact that it's he also mentioned beginners look. Um he's also he mentioned like he's mentioned that it's his first season, he mentioned that he's he's pleased with how it's going. Long may it continue, so there's that positive thing as well of like, Oh, i I'm just happy to be involved. None of that. He's like he's he's storming to the top and he's he's he wants to win now. Now he's tasted it.
2: It's a difference between him and Melalu. I suppose Melalou's still grappling with the idea of actually being up there. It's such a shock for him, whereas Nick has relaxed into the role a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. This is this is this. I like this. This is part of me. This is this is how I
3: rule. We'll go to the other end of the league with Philip Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just to really hammer it home.
1: Yo, Marcus. Um, is the draft going as expected this season? Um I, I don't know what I expected. I thought um I thought my uh drafter friend Dan Sherman was gonna give me a better team. Uh, no, nah, I kind of expected uh, no it hasn't actually because I had to, I've got good fucking a good bunch of players and they've all done well, the ones who didn't move to Spain have done. <laughs> just inconsistent. It was quite disappointing. So, no. No, it's not done as I expected.
3: That's he's done the. He, there we go. That's Phil. You know, in movies. Where
2: the lead character, they've been left out in space and they're doing like those video diaries, and there's a progression where they start off like, Woo, we're going to space! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then,
3: yeah. And like, Yeah,
2: we're in space. And then the next one's like, Yeah, things are, you know, a bit tricky up here. But <laughs> Phil is at the
3: back end of those he's videos. He's sitting there and he's sitting there in just his vest. His helmet is floating around in the background. <laughs> there's like a dead plant <laughs> yeah. floats past as well. Yeah, <laughs> Can't even keep that shit alive. There's
2: some sort of like robot that's low on battery. It's kind of
3: like, yeah. and then at the end it just does this. It goes at the screen, flickers a bit, and he looks behind him. and He goes, oh, like that. and it's, it's, like, it goes. it's like some
2: sort of weird light coming from the back. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> that was filled, it? that was Phil's. Phil's interview.
3: That's one of that's um, one of I three. So that's like the first space video
2: that sent to you Marcus
3: oh yes yeah. so um so I sent that to Phil at 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning yeah. that came back to me at 625 on Thursday night
2: interesting so I guess he was just about ready to he must have done a matinee I hadn't quite done his warm-up for the 7:30 <laughs> showing in the evening
3: that's about right maybe
2: yeah We've got, we've got post-matinee Phil there. If only we'd have got him post-standing in for James McAvoy
3: Phil. Mate, well, I've got some pictures from the night, but I didn't record anything. He was excellent. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. For excellent. those
2: lucky enough to be there,
3: I envy you. And then we partied like it was 1999. Who should we have next? <laughs> <laughs> who should we have next?
2: Well, actually, Marcus, while we've got you there, has the season gone how you expected, mate?
3: I should have expected this question. Actually, I. I <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? It's going okay. I did think I'd do better than I am at the minute because, like someone else mentioned it earlier, if you put, I think if you put my team on on a pitch, I think they'd be excellent. But for some reason, like it took Grealish a while to warm up. It's taken Harvey Barnes ages to get any goals. I, I got rid of. <laughs> I got rid of Agüero for Jesus, but like I've got, I've got an all right team, and I think, like I say, I won't be, I absolutely won't be in the catering zone. But I did think I'd be a bit further at the table than I am at the moment. But I'm happy, and it's exciting. Whereas Andy was like, "Oh no, I'm not doing very well because because everyone in the Premier League crap this year." I'm like, it's good, it's quite, it's quite exciting. I think it's quite exciting. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's football again, just to see who starts. <laughs> What about you? Well, I gave an
2: assessment at the start of the season where I hadn't done as much prep as I would have liked to have done, which I'll hold my hands up, I think, is a terrible excuse. But what that has led to is a season that has been a little bit underwhelming for me. It's also come at a time where two people who usually act as a safety net for the league have suddenly had their best seasons. So you've got Melaloo and Meds well up the table.
3: Right, okay, yeah.
2: any other season that I was having a season like I am at the moment, I would just be in mid-table and having a little scrap to see whether I was going to finish 6th or 7th or... Yeah. something like that but because those two drafters are surprising everyone I suddenly find myself first time ever knocking on the door of the catering zone that is not something i suspected at all it's actually a credit a compliment to the league that having dropped the ball at the start of the season that the league is punishing me for it because it suggests that there is a high level of competition in the league from all angles of it if you look at the people who are at the bottom they not people who are there regularly you've got Yare Yare's there because of his left field antics <laughs> one year they'll get him top of the league another year they'll have him struggling Phil is there because he admittedly he's the wooden spoon holder but more specifically he had a caretaker manager the season when he was going to have that bounce back reaction so he had a caretaker manager who was inexperienced that's the only reason Phil's there Brummet is there he missed the season and came back a little misguided in the draft that's the only reason he's there there's no one in that bottom three who you can honestly say is a catering zone dweller on a regular basis i'm then just hovering above that and between me and i think sixth in the table at the moment there's only 17 points so it's a real melting pot of teams not knowing where they're going to end up and having to fight and scrap for everything which goes to your point marcus of why it's so exciting did I expect it to be like this? I did not. But by gum.
3: <laughs> <laughs> by gum indeed. i
2: pleased
3: that <laughs> it is. By gum indeed. Go and get yourself half a pint of mild. That's the sort of person. That's the person. <laughs> right. It says by gum.
2: <laughs> that's... Perhaps our last drafter, unless I'm missing someone out. That leads us on to Mantle, one of only two drafters who addresses themselves properly when they start off their press
1: conference. Hello, Bradley. Firstly, I would like to say, my name's Daniel and I am manager of Mental Danny's FC. <laughs> he's and I'm currently fourth. So, um,
3: is Just say, I've got to stop it because I'm so excited. He's been dying to say that. He's been dying to say that. Because he, li- he, he, he lives in Nottingham and obviously we're down in London. He's been dying to get on and say that. And they're brilliant, love it. Let's hear what he has to say.
1: The draft going... <laughs> as I expected this season. Um, no, in the sense that if Paul Pogba wasn't injured, I think I would be higher, whether it's second or third, hard to say. But having said that, I think everyone's had their fair share of injury, so I can't sit on that one. Um, so considering... Considering Paul Pogba and uh, Kevin De Bruyne were going to be my two to push me to the title and only having one of them, I'm pretty happy with fourth. Um, Although a top two finish will uh, will make me a lot happier by the end of the season. And I think that is definitely an achievable uh, uh, target. Another another proper
3: press conference. For a start, um, yes. but also what I like about him is that whereas everyone else has been cynical about Pogba and his agent, and is he really injured and what's he doing? Da da da, I like how Mantle's pulling the party line, like he's di- it's almost like the PR people have had a word with him beforehand, and gone right okay. <laughs> now, remember, remember, Paul is injured, remember that Paul's injured. We've not, I've not seen him. I've not seen him for a month. Where? Is, no, no. He's injured. He comes out first thing. Paul Pogba is injured. <laughs>
2: Mantle's wrestling with himself there because he wants to let everyone know that the only reason he's not higher up on the table is because Paul Pogba is injured. He's also admitting to him maybe not having the best draft to cover for that because he's usually in the conversation for who's going to win. And you'll notice he talks about finishing the top two. He doesn't talk about winning the draft, which is usually a very achievable goal for him. I would argue that you get what you pay for. And the reason why he got Pogba... And
3: De Bruyne, is yes, you so he has Pogba and De Bruyne, which says which something because, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You get what you paid for the reason why he got Pogba is because people are aware of Pogba's situation at United it may not be that people thought he was going to be injured for as long as he has been it may not be specifically for that reason but I think people did not put the money on the table for him because of a knowledge that something was going to happen in the season
3: Mate, he's flaky was, he,
2: he, he is flaky he's flaky in form you could argue he's flaky in ability in the sense that one day he will look maybe not flaky in ability he's maybe maybe flaky in work rate sometimes and that might just be the way the narrative of say match of the day presents it but they seem to be able to pull up a lot of clips of him not following his man Yeah. and you as I say it wasn't specifically that you were going to be always definitely going to get injured but you just get this feeling with Pogba that something is going to happen in the season and it's going to take away a chunk of fantasy football points and Mantle has taken the party line <laughs> 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 and is maybe not alluding to that i think he paid 26 auction points from something like that there's a reason why he got him for what is a price that is very cheap when you consider a player we're talking about 26 points is not a great deal of auction points for someone like paul pogba if paul pogba in his juventus days for example was who was up for grabs
3: he would not be going for 26 so that concludes question number one
2: And that is the end of part one. Have a break or keep going. It's up to you. See you in part two.